Welcome to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian's special memorial episode honoring the legacy of Henry Kissinger, a three-hour podcast extravaganza featuring some of the biggest names in entertainment and politics coming together for a -a once-in-a-lifetime special event remembering the life of the late, great Henry Kissinger. Starring Carrie Underwood, comedian Jim Gaffigan, NBA legend Charles Barkley, from Hootie and the Blowfish, Hootie, former Congressman George Santos, Danny DeVito, funny man Jeff Dunham, gay man John Travolta, a busload of immigrants from Texas, Dr. Anthony Fauci, Bono, from Willie Tyler and Lester, Lester, currently looking for work, Don Lemon, a special musical performance from Pope Francis, famed anti-Semitic representative Rashida Tlaib, and many more. Like Cat Stevens, I mean Yusuf Islam, the entire cast of the show Joey, other than Matt LeBlanc, Milo Yiannopoulos, convicted rapist Danny Masterson, Spuds McKenzie, from the autism spectrum, Greta Thunberg, acclaimed actor and director, Peter North, from Hootie and the Blowfish, The Blowfish, former German Prime Minister Angela Merkel, the Harlem Globetrotters, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Betsy DeVos and the School Voucher Trio, Bill Clinton's wife from the San Diego Zoo, Jack Hanna, singing the national anthem, Roseanne Barr, The Wiggles, King of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman, and Jabba the Hutt, all appearing here tonight. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Mindy Kaling, Scatman Crother's brother, Catman Crother, Jesse's girl, a eulogy from Tanya Harding and Jeff Galuli, industrialist Charles Koch, the Swedish chef, Michael Jackson's doctor, Conrad Murray, whoever's left of the Pointer Sisters, Wilson the Volleyball, former Vice President of the United States, Joe Biden, three minutes of curated screaming from Yoko Ono, crisscross, a barely coherent Jack Nicholson, the mortician who embalmed most of the cast of Different Strokes, Ghislaine Maxwell, original poetry from Lou Ferrigno, a reenactment of The Incredible Hulk starring Amanda Gorman, three out of five dentists, former President Jimmy Carter, appearance subject to change, Mission Improbable, Celeryville, Ohio's only comedy troupe, the reason your kids can't read at grade level, Randy Weingarten, The Fraggles, a holographic appearance by Matthew Perry, and... Crispin Glover! All coming up now on Questionable Material with Jack and Brian's Henry Kissinger Memorial Special. You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. So, Brian. Hi, Jack. Hi, Brian. Uh, everyone in the um, opening of our show had to cancel. No, are you serious? I literally, I just got, I was, because I went to the green room. Yeah. To get, bring up the first person. And um, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I can't wait to see Harry Styles and the whole thing. No one's there. Nobody's there. Not a you single out, person. You sent out invites. I, I, everybody. 
I, I mean, I sent out over 25,000 invites. Did we, and we, we got any RSVPs? Did you follow up with that? I, I you know, I just sort of assumed, yes. I mean, that, you know, you don't miss up a oh. chance to honor the late, great Henry Kissinger. Well, yeah, except you've, you know, these guys, you're dealing with celebrities, they're busy, they've got tight schedules and stuff. Uh, so you didn't do any kind of follow-up like, hey, I sent you an invite. How's, how's it going? It just, no, is that what you're supposed to do? Yeah. I, I mean, that's normally what you would do uh, based on my experience doing public relations. But I invited them. Yeah. Well, it's, we had this problem before uh, in when, when I was working for a guy and he was opening a restaurant. Right. And he was opening Tim's Italian restaurant. Okay. And he thought, he thought, well, um, you know, what's going to attract people to the grand opening of my restaurant? And I said, how about the Pope? <laughs> and he said, yeah, that would be great. And uh -huh. I said, all right, well, let's get the Pope. And so I sent an invite to the Pope. At the time, it was Pope John Paul. Yeah. But he was representing the Catholic Church, a lot of Italian Catholics. It was perfect. So yeah. I, I sent out an invite to the Pope and also to uh, the head of the Genovese crime family. Two big Italians, well-known Italians. Yeah, to, to push Tim's Italian food. Yes. So I sent that out. Uh, I, we sent out the invites to everybody around town. We, we blasted it to the press. You know, we're going to yeah. have the head of the Genovese crime family and Pope John Paul II here at Tim's Italian restaurant. And I'll, I got to tell you, people freaked out. Yeah. They went nuts. The place was jam-packed. The parking lot was full three times over. People were double and triple parked. It was absolute chaos. The whole restaurant was packed with people so excited to see the Pope and the head of a crime family. They, they were standing room only. Uh, that One of the bigger problems we had is nobody could really move. So as the food kind of came out of the kitchen, you know, the free hors d'oeuvres, yeah. The people right near the kitchen doors were just grabbing them off the, the trays. And by the time the guy got four steps out of the kitchen, it was like piranhas, Jack. And there was nothing left on the trays. And then they would just look at their empty tray and turn around and go back into the kitchen. And they kept repeating it. And everybody at the, the door of the kitchen got plenty of food and nobody else did. So people were clearly bent out of shape. They're bent out of shape, but at least they knew that the head of two major crime families, the Pope and this other guy, were going to be there at the restaurant to make them feel better. Yes. And there is my problem. I never confirmed it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And I, that, you know, I'm kicking myself now because at the time I'm like, yeah, he's the Pope. He's busy. Yes. He's a crime lord. He's busy. Um, I should have followed up. I should have said, by the way, my name's Brian. I sent you an invite a couple of weeks ago. Just want to make sure you got it. First of all, because I don't know how the mafia or Italian postal system works. Right? No. I mean, yeah, not, I'm, no. Italians are famous for things not working. Yes, that's their thing. They're good at Ferraris, but they're not so good at Alfa Romeos and Fiats. Right. Or World War II. Yeah. Or being an ally. Yeah. They're not good in those things. So I should have thought ahead and been like, okay, uh, did you get it, Mr. John Paul II? And he yeah. would have said, no, Brian, I did not receive it. And I would have said, okay, I'm sending you a new one. Anyway, long story short, Tim's was out of business in three hours. <laughs> what? First of all, that's the short version of the story? Yes. <laughs> wow. The longer version is in a novel I wrote. Whoa, that's so exciting. What's the name of the novel? The Sad Tale of Terrible Tims. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> the place shut down in three hours. Three hours. People were so livid. They were starving. Yeah. They're standing, and then, and you just, there was suddenly the chant, 
It was, where's the Pope? Where's the Pope? Where's the Pope? What do we want? Crime Lord. When do we want him? Now. And it just, they just, they just kind of cycled through those. And you could just see they got angrier and angrier and hungrier and hungrier, except for the people right outside the kitchen doors. Right. And, and then they just started trashing the place and they wrote by the end of the three hours, they, Tim's, which hadn't even opened yet. This was a soft opening. Yeah. They had 43,212 negative reviews on Yelp and Google. Oh my gosh. That seems like a lot. They were doomed from the get go. And I'm kicking myself because poor Tim put all his money into that operation. And I kind of made an oopsie. Yeah. Yes. That sounds like a big oopsie. Real quick. Can you, uh, can you just open up one of the reviews and read it to us? Sure. Let me just, um, okay. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, okay. There. Okay. One star uh, on Google terrible. from okay. Tyler C. Okay. Tyler, Tyler C. C. This is an outrageous thing that happened to me. Period. We were invited by PR wizard Brian <laughs> to come here and eat Italian food and meet the Pope, the frickin' Pope, and the head of a crime family. Period. After three hours, not a single piece of Italian food was in my stomach. Period. Not a single Pope was in my sight. Period. And not a single mafia guy was lurking in the shadows. Period. Absolute disgrace. Liar. I hope Tim dies of bum cancer. Oh, boy. What really makes me angry about that is the heavy use of periods and no commas. Yeah. Some people don't know how commas work. Comma, he said. <laughs> That's a scathing review. So, you know, what, what happened to Tim? I mean, I, it's too bad. You know, he must have bought a lot of food. He bought a lot of food. There are four or five people who were kind of huddled near the door. They all wound up with type 2 diabetes. So they sued the crap out of him. So it wasn't even that many people. It's just a few people. Just a few people commandeering all the food. That's unexpected. And they got incredibly sick. They got type two diabetes. They turned around and sued him. It was a disaster. I wish I could tell Tim, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to screw things up. I'm, you know, it's my bad. Okay, then why don't you just reach out to Tim and say you're sorry? Well, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. It turns out the head of the Genovese crime family did come. Oh. Yeah, except he wasn't near the entrance to the kitchen. Oh. He was livid. He felt disrespected. And he didn't okay. introduce himself because he's kind of a mafia boss. So you know what they do. They just kind of lurk in the background. Sure, sure, sure. So he called Tim and said, I'm very displeased with how your operation ran and the fact that I was invited down there to not get a scrap of food. I right. would like you to meet me tomorrow morning at Moxie's. What's, I don't, what's Moxie's? Moxie's is a, is a 24 hour diner. Oh, okay. He said, meet me back there in the back booth tomorrow morning oh. at 10. Oh, so, so probably some free French toast or something. We don't know. <laughs> Why not? Never saw Tim again. That's odd. Did he get lost on the way? I don't, you know, he, his car made it. <laughs> <laughs> so it, does this make you feel bad that you did such a terrible job? I feel bad and I wish I could be like Tim. I would go to the landfill or wherever he might be and just kind of dig through the dirt and, and find him and just kind of cradle his uh, decaying body and just say, Tim, I'm really, really sorry about this. This is not how I expected it to happen. Also, 
you haven't paid me for the last invoice. <laughs> Bank bankruptcy touches a lot of people. Yep. So I felt a little screwed myself. Uh, you should. Um, this has gone from a, a, a sad tale to an outrage. Yeah. To a tragedy. I'm tragedy, tragically upset. I mean, that's, that's a lot of money. You think Tim's wife is upset? I'm upset. Is she upset? She's up, you know, she and her four kids are all like, yeah, they're super upset. You can't even get a word in. They're too busy <laughs> screaming at you, murderer. You did this. It's your fault. The, yeah, I mean, you, it's not, that's not uncommon for you to hear that though. It's not. And I said, you know, when I did get them to calm down, I said, listen, I will ask the Pope to make sure that Tim gets into heaven. That's great. And were you able to talk to the Pope? Didn't get back to me. <laughs> well, you know, I, it's funny how my screw up in terms of not like sort of checking for our big Henry Kissinger show. Yeah. Uh, it sort of turned into this, this tale that is, you know, that you could really relate to. It's a tale of, of woe and wizardry and dragons. I, yeah, I don't, I feel like maybe you don't remember the story you just told. So Brian. Yeah, Jack. You know, just because all these stuck up celebrities, you know, uh, Trisha Yearwood, um, CNC Music Factory, ALF, just because all those people screwed us over yeah. doesn't mean that we can't remember Henry Kissinger um, in our own special way. Of course. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. who's going to remember him other than us? Uh, there's probably no one is even uh, talking about it or knows about it right now. Not even on the radar. Not on the radar. It didn't make the news. Yeah. No. I mean, Rosalind Carter just has always sucked the oxygen out of a room. Yep. She, she took when, all, she, you know, she knew he was dying. Yes. And she's yes, like, so, oh, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going first. And then she, she willed herself. That's right. Into paradise and stole the limelight. She stole the limelight. She sucked the air out of the room by sucking the air out of her own lungs. Yep. Amazing. <laughs> just so sick. Anyway, that doesn't mean you and I can't uh, commem uh, commemorate the great uh, Mr. Kissinger. And it's so appropriate that you're here to do it because you wrote the definitive book on Henry Kissinger and, and all of the, the hidden secrets of the man's life. Isn't that right? I did. Yeah. I, I used to I, I dabble in biography and that was one of my one of my uh, subjects. Yes, Henry. Just very quickly, what uh, of the biographies you've written, what give me like your top five biographies that you've written? Uh, well, my top five, Bjork, <laughs> the true story. Yep. What's one? Uh, Steve Jobs, a kind of a dick. <laughs> I remember that. It was, <laughs> it was yeah. an honest, it was an honest appraisal. Yeah, that's uh, right. It was Steve Jobs, a very smart dick. That's right. And I remember the last chapter you, uh, it was titled my thank you cancer. Yeah. I thanked cancer personally. That's I see that was, I think that was cold. I know. And I, uh, I got a lot of negative feedback for it. Okay. Well, maybe deserved. Okay. That's two. What's three? Babe Ruth. <laughs> okay. If that feels well, well trod. What, what did you, what was the, the take on Babe Ruth that you felt like needed to get out? The man who saved Minneapolis. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff wrong in that one. Okay. You that's, know, I'm not a sports person. Right. 
And <laughs> when the opportunity came to do a Babe Ruth biography, I should have said no, That's but right. I was broke. And so I said, absolutely. And they said, do you know about Babe Ruth? And I said, yeah, the Babe. Mm-hmm. And, and Perfect. they're like, okay, uh, you prepared to write 280 pages about the life of Babe Ruth? And I said, sure. Where do you want to start? Mm-hmm. And they, what'd they say? They said, you know, we're going to leave that up to you. You're the biographer. Right. And so where did you start? The moon landing. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure how the timing of that. It was terrible timing. He wasn't around yeah. for it. No, he wasn't. I don't think. And he's so. Yeah, um, he died in 48. Yeah. So it was rough. It was, you know, I'm talking about him, babes watching the moon landing and it brings a tear to his eye. I sure. fabricated a lot of stuff. Uh, you might call me like a journalist, <laughs> you know, I just kind of, I had ideas and, and things I wanted to say and I just kind of weaseled them into my prose. Yeah. Your ideas uh, should always come through as a journalist. Yes. But I got, I got labeled as some, as a hack as who kind of made up the, who was loose with the facts is what Newsweek said. That's the, well, that's the lamestream media for you. Yeah. That's the LSM. <laughs> Instead of mainstream media, I said lamestream. Yeah, media. it's a play on words. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so that's three. What's number four? Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> that's so weird. What was the big takeaway from the Buzz Aldrin book? I spent a lot of time uh, interviewing Buzz, talking to him, um, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of just prying him. Okay, so did, did it hurt your feelings to be number two? Because Neil Armstrong got all the got all the big press, didn't he? And he's like, no, it doesn't bother me. Like, you sure it doesn't bother you? He's like, no, it, it doesn't bother me at all. I'm the second man on the moon. I'm like, yes, yeah, second. As the number two astronaut, when you stepped off the lunar module onto the, the, the moon, were you like, I hope Babe Ruth is watching me. I hope mm. Babe Ruth is watching me. Yeah. I hope the babe. And he's like, no, what are you talking about? He was dead. He was dead for 20 something years. Yeah. Yeah, right. And, and I was like, are you serious? That's when I found <laughs> out. Oh, that's, that's when it, re- when I realized my book was a mess, my Babe oh. Ruth biography, man. And so, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, for a, a, a really good, well-researched biography, it takes them, uh, you know, anywhere from a year to maybe a year and a half on average from the people I know who've written them, you know, about how long does it take you to turn one out? You don't have to, I mean, it's much faster now cause you got Wikipedia, Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you don't have to go, you can get, you know, zoom people and do the interviews, stuff like that. So you could kind of mm-hmm. throw, you know, get it, you know, get a real solid rough in about like a week and a half, two weeks. Oh, okay. You know. So but like, for 280 pages? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it depends on the contract, but 280, 300. But my, the one I did after that, that, um, that was 312 pages. Oh, 312. That was uh, biography number five. Who was that on? It was Sully Sullenberger, failed extremist. <laughs> Wait, well, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know this part of the story. This is why you always want to talk to a biographer. What, what happened? Well, I uncovered some scary truths, which is that Sully Sullenberger was a Muslim fanatic. What? And was actually intending to take the plane down and oh. crash it, except he didn't know what he was doing. And he did a very smooth landing in the Hudson River. So he's just a really bad pilot who accidentally saved everyone on board. Yes. And his intention was to kill everybody for Allah, because that's what Allah likes, is mayhem and blood. Yeah. And so he wanted to smash that plane. Uh, I think he was kind of angling 
for City Hall. Because mm-hmm. he wasn't big on the mayors, but nobody really was. No, sure. And that would have made him kind of a hero and a martyr. <laughs> right. But he just, he failed and he landed in the Hudson. And then the <sighs> deep state covered it up and made oh, it look geez. like he was a hero. So I was uh, then, sickened. Yeah. That's terrible. But, you know, I, I, I put it all together in my book. He wouldn't interview me, obviously. Well, he, he was, shouldn't interview you. He was That's, keeping secrets. That would secrets. be really weird. For, you're the author. Yeah, but I really wanted a biography for me, and I thought it'd be cool if an extremist wrote it. <laughs> so you, you pitched Sully, the man who you're writing, this <laughs> libelous uh, biography of. You pitched him to write the biography of yourself. Yeah, because I thought he might want to return the favor and do a deep dive. What was the big truth that you uncovered about Brian Sack? Nobody wants to write a biography about him. <laughs> That's a, we all know that truth, Brian. That's not look what it just Sully broke my heart when he said that. Man, no wonder you slander him so hard. Uh, I mean, I, I thought I did a great job. Oh man, hero. Well, <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Now that we're doing this kissing your bit, <laughs> eight minutes in, let's let's return back to the man. Okay. Now tell us about, all right, so you wrote, you're clearly, you've established your credentials. Yes. As a top flight biographer. I am a biographer du jour. Yeah, sure. A biographer so, de resistance. What, what does that mean? Of the resistance. Oh, okay. There are a lot of resistances right now in the news. There it's, really are. You got to find one and just go with it. Yeah. It's kind of cool just cosplaying, being a resistance fighter. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Hashtag resist. Yeah, that's cool. When I see that bumper sticker on a Prius, my heart melts. <laughs> so now tell me, Brian, all right, you wrote yes. the Henry Kissinger biography, and yeah. apparently, like most of your work, it was very controversial. Um, a lot of people said some pretty terrible things about it. What was the name of the biography? It was Kissinger. Live, laugh, love. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's what a Kissinger biography would be called. That's, that seems par for the course. You know, it just came to me. I was in a target. I was in there, the section where they have, um, things with phrases on them, just (laughs) pillows and, and and photos and things just with phrases, plaques. Yeah, of course. And I was looking around and I was, I was desperate because the publisher was really on me. Like we need a subtitle. We need a subtitle. We need a subtitle. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, it can't be, this is our sea house. Right. You know, it can't be, you know, live another day. Mm -hmm. And then I saw live, laugh, love. And I, perfect. Cause that guy embodied Living, I mean, he was a hundred years old when he died. That's right. That's right. Laughing, he had a good sense of humor. I didn't know and, that. And love, he loved real politic. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he really did. What were some of the other um, subtitles that you were considering there in that Walmart before you chose that one? So, like, uh, you know, Henry, Henry Kissinger, hang in there. Yeah, uh, Henry Kissinger, uh, rose all day. They're like Brian. Would you please just get out of Target? <laughs> so. I went to Home Depot and then I thought, what about Henry Kissinger five gallon bucket? <laughs> that was a no. That was a no? That was it a was hard no? Hard no. Maybe they didn't get it. I don't, 
think they did because there was a lot of silence on the phone. Uh-huh. And they're like, Brian, we need that subtitle by end of day. And I just remembered the live, laugh, love. And I thought, you know what? That sums it up perfectly. Right. But you did wind up using five gallon bucket for your next biography, right? Who, who was that for? Uh, that was for Lena Dunham. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> literally, I literally set you up knowing you are going to say Lena Dunham. <laughs> Is my repertoire that limited? <laughs> I, I just knew it. Okay. Great. The Lena Dunham biography. That's, we should talk about that sometime. Okay. So what there's a, I remember you, you went big and bold and you're kissing your live, laugh, love biography. Yeah. That chapter one, apparently you just like, you didn't hold back. You didn't like save some of the big revelations for later chapters that you just went hard. Yeah. You know, what are some of the things that uh, as Kissinger's biographer that you learned that we didn't know? Well, uh, he gets 10% of the income of anyone else whose name is Henry. <laughs> How did that work? Uh, he's, you know, he was part of the deep state. Mm. He was connected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Advised 12 presidents. Yeah. He advised 12 presidents. And mm-hmm. he had some four, of them were Americans. <laughs> and he had four timeshares. Oh, <laughs> that, that's exciting. Yeah. The big opportunity for a timeshare. Yeah. You know, in your research, what was the biggest um, surprise that you sort of discovered about his relationship? Like I mentioned, he advised 12 presidents, but yeah. there was one that he was particularly close with um, and advised him in some sort of uh, surprising ways. Can you sort of detail that crazy relationship you discovered? Yes. Uh, Richard Nixon. <laughs> That's surprising. Yeah. I would never would have guessed of the 12 presidents. Okay. Go ahead. What was the surprising thing he told President Nixon to do? He told President Nixon to eat a bag of Pop Rocks mm-hmm. okay. and then drink a Coke. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That, that would create a bunch of explosions inside President Nixon's mouth. Made him super gassy. Oh, man. He's like, oh, why would you make me so gassy? And he's like, because I wanted you to understand you can't trust anyone. Even your advisor. <laughs> That's, what, what a strange way to tell that lesson. Yeah, he was a big lesson teacher. That was one of his mm-hmm. things. He loved teaching lessons. And you that, know, he and felt people that, learned better than you just telling them. I get that. That makes sense. And is that how we got into Vietnam? Uh, in a way, yeah. Oh, in a way, what do you mean? Well, um, he had said, uh, you know, he had told um, the president. Mm-hmm. That Vietnam, and it was it started off as a joke. Okay. Oh, okay. He said, "Mr. Pre- Mr. President, Vietnam hates your guts. They call you a loser." Oh. And he's like, "Are you serious?" And he got very upset. He's like, I don't want to be a loser. He's like, "You should do something about it. They call you loser. They say you smell like panties." And so, you know, they they got him very upset. Mm-hmm. And they and then then golf a Tonkin. <laughs> because the. He believed that the Vietnamese said that he smelled like panties. Yeah. It's a very late sixties, uh, diss. Yeah. It's, you know, they were, it was Vietnamese. They're, it's a different culture there. <laughs> they like tunnels. <laughs> yeah, they do. And there's, once again, there's a lot of that in the news lately. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, so his surprising close connection with President Nixon. Yeah. Very surprising. And then, um, you know, lastly, you know, what's something very surprising? You know, he Kissinger was very active into his last even hours of life. Yeah. Um, you know, how did he spend his his last years or even his last days? You know, what sort of surprising thing did you learn? Uh, he had a one nine hundred number. <laughs> what? He had a one nine hundred hundred number. That's crazy. You know, uh, yeah. And a lot of those are used for like sex chats, things like that. Yeah, and I know. Psychics and all that nonsense. But his and sex chats, yeah. And sex chats. And but his was his was consult with Henry. Really? Yeah. Call it's a one nine hundred call kiss. <laughs> and you call that number mm-hmm. and it was eight ninety five a minute. Uh, and he would take his sweet time. Uh, yeah, of course. And he would talk to anybody who called. Okay. It didn't really matter because it was all about the moolah. Of Iran? Yeah, they called. <laughs> and he was on, uh, I mean, Assad ran up a huge bill. Oh, I bet. He's like, how do I rid myself of these nasty rebels? Like, well, let me tell you what you should do. Yeah. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. cha-ching. So it's, you know, he, he made a lot of money consulting with his 1-900 number. Wow. But also sex chat. Uh, well, every once in a while, if Henry had you know, dabbled in the whiskey, mm-hmm. he might get a little randy. Well, Brian, uh, you know, we've learned a lot. Uh, this didn't go in the direction I thought, and I'm really pleased about that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Brian. Hello, Jack. So I had a thing happen to me today. Uh-oh. Today. And this is true. I went to Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. It's Dunkin just Dunkin' now, isn't it? It's just Dunkin'. Yeah, yeah, I apologize. Rebranded. Rebranded. Twitter totally. became Twitter's X and Dunkin' Donuts is Dunkin'. That's right. What are some other uh, rebrandings that are in the works for companies? Because those are two great ones. Well, I mean, there's Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> are you saying companies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, very good. Um, so, uh, true story. I go to Dunkin', yep. pick up, uh, my daughter wants a toasted plain bagel with cream cheese. Mm-hmm. My son wants a breakfast sandwich. Mm-hmm. I go, the final bill comes up at something like $9 and uh, 47 cents. Like, okay, great. <clears throat> uh, then the guy looks at me and he's like, you know, he, you know, sort of nods and puts, he types a few things and I, boom. I get a little discount. I get like an 88 cent discount. I see pop up on the register. I'm like, all right. Okay. I like it. So, you know, I've, I, I make relationships with, with people in town and, and a lot of times people give me like free food and drink and mm-hmm. stuff. And that's all that is true. And then I looked at it. So I'm like, Oh, I wonder how I charmed this guy. And I look down at the register and I see senior discount. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that hurts. The guy gave me a senior. He just looked at me <laughs> and gave me a senior discount. No way. I'm 49 years old with a that, newborn. What the hell, man? Yeah. That would make me sad. It makes me very sad and angry. How did that end? I drove my car through the windows of the Dunkin' Donuts. Lesson learned, dude. <laughs> Lesson learned. Lesson, it cost a, a lot of damage uh, to my car. No, well, they misaged you. Oh my gosh! Did he dead age me? He dead aged you, and he misaged you, and that's yeah. hate speech and hurtful. Because first of all, my while my you know quote unquote how you know you 
a white men would say, I'm 49 in your years, but I identify as uh, 17. And you don't look a day over it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for acknowledging my truth. I have to, or I'm committing a hate speech and I can be arrested in Ireland. <laughs> That's right. So but this, this did get me thinking like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I've, I'm making some bad choices in my life. And it dawned on me that you're the perfect person to talk to because you run a wellness center. Yes. Uh, it's Which is so cool. Remind me again. I know I, I should really have a better memory, but I guess at my age, you can't remember things. Yeah. Uh, remind me the name of your wellness center. It's, uh, it's, it's called You're Not Dead Yet. Um, uh, Brian's Wellness Center. Okay. That's nice. You're not yeah. dead yet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's great. So, you know, you... Uh, you talk a lot in your online literature about um, being on the cusp of a lot of sort of new technologies yes. and not just technologies, but also new ways of thinking about sort of wellness and and, and finding your youthful center, yeah. as you like to say. Yep. You know, what are some of the things that you guys sort of preach and teach at the um, Brian's Wellness Center for advanced, whatever you said? Um, you're not dead yet. Brian's you're Wellness Center. <laughs> right. Well, well, first of all, you got it. You know, no cigarettes, no alcohol. Get rid of that stuff. Get that out of your Fine. life. Not a problem for me. You Neither. Know? Yeah. I mean, I, you should do that if you can. And then, um, good. Uh, but you know, I understand if you don't want to, because <laughs> we all love a good buzz now and then. Oh yeah. You know, I guess so. A little, a little bottle of Cabernet here and there. More, more there than here. So I think, you know, that's one, that's one of the rules, but you just, that's kind of like, we're introduced to that. We're like, we just move on. We're not going to dwell on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you should cut down on meat. Okay. Um, beer. You should have a lot of beer. Beer's got carbs you need to exercise. Wait, wait a minute. Okay. So, you know, we, we have a, you know, a carb diet and that that's part of the diet is, is getting carbs. Carbs burn energy. You know, you need, when okay. you need energy, you need carbs. Mm-hmm. You don't have carbs. Mm-hmm. You don't have energy. Okay. So, you know, we advise you to drink beer. Mm-hmm. Until your chakras feel like they're full. Your third <laughs> how one. How long does it? The third one up from your belly button. Okay. How long, do, how many beers does it take to fill your chakra, Brian? Depends. Uh, it depends on the individual, individual person. I mean, personally me, like, you know, eight to 10 chakras. <laughs> uh, you know, I can do eight to 10 and my chakra is feeling okay. Uh-huh. Um, I might lose where the chakra is. Mm-hmm. I might have a vague idea of where it is. Yeah. But then sometimes you're like, oh, I'm not sure where it is. I mean, let me just top it off. Right. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So there's that. Okay. That's interesting. I, I mean, cardio center. So cardio is important. That, okay. That's cardio will help de-age me a little Get bit. Get your heart rate up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's no better way to do that than to just kind of get your heart pumping. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I do and what I think is fairly unique is I hire, um, Islamofascist psychopaths to come to your house and start like banging on your windows uh-huh. and screaming in the air <laughs> and, and then, you know, and firing their weapons up in the air and stuff. So you're, you're not, you don't know what's going on, but your heart's beating like crazy and you're right. You're running all around the house. And you're just kind of like, what's going on? You're running up and down the stairs if you have stairs. Yeah. You know, your heart's beating. You're trying to barricade things. You don't know what these nut jobs are doing. 
And so uh, that's my heart one, race is racing right now. Right. So tell me about sort of the recruitment and your hiring practices for getting the Islamo fascists who eventually come to uh, your customers' houses to to scare them. Um, well, it's fairly easy because I just look for left wingers, <laughs> and they just seem to totally relate. And so they're like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're like, oh, I love so that college stuff. grads. Yeah, we go to we go to the Ivy Leagues. You know, we got mm-hmm. a bunch of Yaleys. Got a cu- <laughs> couple of Harvardies. Right. Um, so, we, you know, we got those guys and, mm-hmm. you know, they're very enthusiastic. They want to help people do cardio. And then what is, uh, I guess you don't even have to train them. I guess they just sort of, they're, they they come ready to go scream at my house. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't have weapons traditionally because they don't believe in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they like other people having them. But so we just provide them with something. And they, you know, megaphone they come with. They all have megaphones. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, wow. So it sounds like, uh, you know, is there any sort of last thing that I should sort of, you know, especially uh, on the diet side of things, you know, you know, maybe I'm looking older to the folks at Dunkin' because, uh, you know, I don't necessarily make the best uh, food choices. So, you know, what what is the sort of the final thing I should think of diet wise in terms of trying to find my younger self? Uh, well, we have uh, our plan is called eat what you want when you want. That's my plan. Yeah. I mean, but ours comes with a little, you know, with the Brian's wellness um, part of it is that mm-hmm. you get a month's supply of poison sumac. <laughs> and right before bed, mm-hmm. you know, you take, you pop that poison sumac mm-hmm. and you go to bed and within about 30, 45 minutes, you're in the bathroom on all fours retching mm-hmm. and, and everything you ate that day is coming out of you. Right. And, and then you're going to, you know, you're going to climb back into bed on a you know, completely empty stomach and your body, you know, there's no nutrients in there at all. So your body just starts burning its own calories. <laughs> so your body just starts eating itself. Your body starts eating itself. Oof. And I'll even, I'll call, I, you know, I, I do, I, I believe in one-to-one relationship with my customers. So I will call you at, mm-hmm. you know, one, one, two o'clock in the morning and just say, your body's eating itself. Good night. Then just hang up this the phone. is real. This is real. <laughs> so you know, we get a lot okay. of good feedback from that. People seem to lose weight. But, see, well, that's great. You know, my 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 friend and and fan of the show, uh, Andrew, um, was on an exercise program. I think it was a forty five day program. Came with an app or something, and he lost something incredible. Like he lost like thirty four pounds. I think it was like 45 days, you know, what sort of weight loss, you know, from, from the things that you're advocating here for, what sort of weight loss can we expect in, in what sort of time frame? The poster child for uh, my weight loss regimen uh, would be Stanley. Okay. Stanley came to us. He was your typical, uh, very, oh, he was overweight. He was 280 mm-hmm. pounds. Uh, he was kind of nerdy. Uh, he was, you know, didn't have a girlfriend, hadn't had a girlfriend in a long time, you know, his, mm-hmm. uh, very sedentary lifestyle. I'm like, Stanley, we're going to fix you up. So after our regimen and the poison sumac and, <laughs> um, and just, you know, the cardio, mm-hmm. uh, multiple raids on his house throughout the day, um, he's, he's down to 93 pounds. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That- <laughs> 93 pound man. 93. He's 93 pounds. Um, yeah. He just got uh, cast. He's at his whole career's changed. Cause now he's an actor. 
Okay. He's he's going to be cast in the the remake of The Machinist. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um so it's been great. I mean, he's he's thrilled. He's, you know, he's got a glow on his face. Mm-hmm. And it's not just from my weight loss creams, it's because he's mm-hmm. very happy. Uh, right. you know, he's got a new career and he says, you know, girls look at me differently. Mm-hmm. You know, they used to be just, you know, they'd look at him and be like, oh, he's a little too big for me. And now they're, it's the opposite. They're like, what happened? But, you know, there's a, there's a sense of sympathy there. Like, Hey, you know, best like, sex I've ever gotten is sympathy sex. There you go. So he's, Only. he's, uh, you know, he's, he's extremely happy with our program and, you know, we are going to make him the mascot basically of our whole thing. So do your Jared. It's our, that's exactly. Yeah. But I'm just doing, I want to make sure the background check comes through. That's smart. Uh, I've asked if I can just see his phone and laptop for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, once he's passed those tests, he will be our new Jared. That's great. Is it possible that the glow on Stanley's face is, uh, is jaundice? Funny. You should say that mm-hmm. a lot of our, uh, our program is designed to damage your liver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we're trying to do, we want to steer you away from alcohol. And so if you drink alcohol and it hurts your liver, you're going to avoid it. It's great. So we have a liver pounding program, the LPP. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm down with LPP, Brian. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> when that's uh, the, uh, all the time we have for another fabulous episode of questionable material what? with Jack and the other guy. I'm Brian. Yeah, that's it. I no. Oh. Let's do more. Let's do this all day. Nope. 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 We're already over the time we said we were going to do. I, I got to go feed my daughter and her friend for a play date. All right. Feed your daughter and her friend. Okay. So uh, what would you date. like people to do for the podcast? Send me nudes. <laughs> no. No. Like and subscribe. Like, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe, please. Like and subscribe and all that. And review us and all that. Nudes would be nice. Wouldn't it? That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Visit us at qmpodcast.com. 